You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. to be here and I so appreciate the opportunity I'm the tag along this week I've come on behalf of Macedonians to do some work and some video work and uh, so if you see me walking around with my phone videoing then unless you're wanted don't worry about it (laughs) if you're wanted let me know so I can turn it in I know where to find you and uh, we'll get a little extra money out of that because you know missions don't pay but uh We'll do what we can, but no, please just bear with us. We'll do some videoing and recording and different things, but I'm the tag along this week, but I appreciate the opportunity to do Sunday school and uh, to be here. I'm excited to be with you all, and I feel like I've watched you for years uh, from when you started in the storefront through social media and different prayer letters and different things. I've watched you. I watched you move into this building and remodel the building, and I see the videos and the different things, and beautiful how God has blessed you. And uh, just all that the Lord is doing for you. And we're so thankful for that and so thrilled to see how God is using uh, Brother Haley and now uh, your church family here. And just thank you so much. We are the Campbell family. We do serve at Macedonia. My wife, Wendy, and I have three children, Seth, Ethan, and Ashlyn. And uh, they didn't come with me. They weren't able to travel. But you do pray for them. And uh, we are out of the old Sewanee Baptist Church there in Buford, Georgia. And before I forget it, Pastor Campbell said to tell you that uh, he's proud of you. He appreciates the work you've done and the work you did when you were with Macedonia. And uh, so he was very thankful for you and uh, your family. But uh, we, are, we do serve there in the home office with the media and then assisting Dr. Caudle and all the other missionaries any way that we can. And uh, we put some prayer cards on the back, so if you would pick one of those up and pray for us, we sure would appreciate that. And uh, Lord knows we need the prayers. Uh, you say, that doctorate that he made mention of, what's that in? I promise you it's not geography or reading comprehension. And that's all we'll say about that. Miss, Miss Melanie can tell the rest of it because I dread it all day and I knew what she was going to do. Matthew chapter number 15, if you have your Bibles this morning, Matthew chapter number 15, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 29 in just a moment. Here in our text that we're going to read this morning, we see that Jesus has gathered quite a following as Jesus' public ministry is growing More and more people are following him, and many of those people, of course, follow him for what they hope to get out of it, for what they hope they can accomplish by following the Lord. Many of them, of course, uh, are looking for healing. They're looking for miracles. Others want to see the miracles. They want to see somebody healed. They want physical healing for themselves or for their friends or their family, and such seems to be the case here. A large multitude is following him, hoping to see some sort of healings, hoping to see some great miracle take place just to watch that or better yet just to be part of that they want to be healed themselves and so let's read about it this morning Matthew chapter number 15 let's begin reading in verse number 29 the Bible says and Jesus departed from thence and came nigh unto the sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat down there and great multitudes came unto him dumb maimed and many others and cast them down at Jesus feet and he healed them insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see. And they glorified the God of Israel. Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude, 
because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I will not send them away fasting, lest they faint in the way. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you again for the privilege that's ours to be here. And Lord, what an honor to stand in this pulpit, Lord, and to be reminded of all the great things you've done here. And Lord, the things that you want to do in the days ahead. And Lord, we just rejoice uh, with this great church and uh, pastor and family, Lord. Lord, we come to this morning, Sunday school time, and Lord, I pray you'd use me, Lord. I want to be a help to your people. Lord, I pray you'd just help me to say only those things that'd be pleasing to you, Father, in these moments. And Lord, for all that's accomplished, we'll give you the glory because you alone are worthy. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Stories told of a young woman who wanted to go to college, but her heart sank when she was going over the application and she read the question that said, Are you a leader? Now, she knew she needed to be both honest, and she realized that saying her honest answer would probably hurt her chances of being accepted to the college, so she wrote no because she knew that was the right thing, and she returned the application, of course, expecting the worst. And to her surprise, she received this letter from the college a short time later that said, Dear Applicant, a study of the application forms revealed that this year our college will have 1,452 new leaders. We are accepting you because we feel it is imperative that they have at least one follower. Everybody wants to be the leader. Everybody wants to be the boss. Everybody wants to be in charge. But as the children of God, as those of us who have been saved by the grace of God, has it ever dawned on you that that's not what God called us to do? God has called us to a life of following. We're called to follow Him. And that's the first command that Jesus ever gave to his disciples, the command to follow me. And time after time after time, Jesus said to his disciples and to those around him, follow me. The dictionary defines that word follow to mean to accept as a guide or leader, to accept the authority of or give allegiance to. And that's exactly what the Lord wants each of us to do, to accept him as our guide, to accept him as our authority, and to pledge our allegiance to him, to obey him. And it sounds like such a simple commandment, that word, follow me. But isn't it amazing how hard it is sometimes? Isn't it amazing how difficult it can be sometimes to follow us? See, the Lord doesn't call us to do some great work first and and prove ourselves. The Lord doesn't call us to prove our worth to Him. He doesn't call us to conquer some great fear, first of all, and then He'll determine to use us. He just simply says, first and foremost, follow me. And here in our text, in Matthew 15, we see a group of people that are following the Lord. The Bible tells us in verses 29 and 30, again, that Jesus departed from thence and came nigh into the Sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat down there, and great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. A great multitude of people are following the Lord because they've seen all the miracles that's taken place. They've witnessed all the great things that have just happened in verses 29 and 30. As a matter of fact, verse 31 tells us, insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to behold, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. Many of these folks, I think you could say, are following the Lord out of curiosity. They're wanting to see what's going to happen next. 
They're wanting to see what's about to take place. They're wanting to see if Jesus is going to open up somebody else's blinded eyes, if he's going to make another crippled man to walk. They're wanting to see if maybe their friend could be made whole. Maybe their loved one that they've taken care of for years can be made whole. Maybe themselves can be made whole because they've heard about what Jesus has done for others. They've heard about all the wonderful things that he's done and they want to see, can he do it again? Can he heal again? Can he touch somebody else again? And the Bible, I believe, tells us the people are curious if he'll heal again. They've heard about what he's done for others and they want to see, will he do it again? But I want you to notice something else about our text this morning because I want to make an application from the text to our lives today. Jesus makes a statement about this multitude of people, this multitude of people that's made up of, of afflicted people, those that are the sickly ones, those that do have the troubles, as well as the curious people, those that want to see what's about to take place. And notice what Jesus says about them in verse 32. The Bible says, Then Jesus called his disciples unto him. And said, I have compassion on the multitude, because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I will not send them away fasting, lest they faint in the way. Jesus says that this multitude has been following him for three days. Now you think about that. And stop and really think about that span of time. Three days. For three days this multitude has followed the Lord. For three days, this multitude has followed every step that Jesus has taken. For three days, they've played follow the leader with Jesus, you could say. If he went to the left, they went to the left. If he stopped, they stopped. If he went to the right-hand side, they went to the right-hand side. For three days, they've watched his every move. For three days, they've waited to hear every word from him. For three days, every time it looked like he was taking a breath to get ready to speak, they turned on their listening ears because they wanted to see what the Lord was going to say. For three days, they've waited to see if he would heal the sick and afflicted. Three days ago, they left their homes. Three days ago, they left their families. Three days ago, they left their businesses behind. Three days ago, they began following the Lord. Just think about the fact that they have stopped their entire lives for this span of three days so that they could give all of their attention to following the Lord, hoping to see a miracle. And as these people followed the Lord, I believe they found some things. As they followed the Lord, they found some things. As they followed the Lord, they experienced some things. They learned some things about the Lord. Because you know, three days is a pretty good amount of time to spend with somebody. I guarantee you know more about somebody in three days if you spend three days with them than you ever thought you'd know. There's a reason it's been said that fish and visitors both stink in three days. Because usually after three days, you're tired of them. Usually after three days, you're ready for them to go. But these people are following the Lord, and they're learning. I believe they're learning some things about the Lord as they follow Him. I believe you could say it this way, that they followed the Lord long enough to find some things. I know that as we sit here today, there's people that you've been following the Lord for years. And I believe you could probably say the same thing. I followed Him long enough to learn some things about Him. I followed Him long enough to know some things about Him. I followed him long enough. I guarantee if we had the time, really no matter how long you've trusted the Lord and followed him as one of his, you could say, I've learned some things about him over the years. I've learned some things about him as I followed him. I followed him long enough to find some things. I'm afraid there's a generation on the scene of Christianity today, and boy, it just don't seem like they're willing to follow him long enough. 
don't seem like they're willing to stick with him long enough to learn anything about him. Can I say to you this morning as a challenge, before we get into the three points of the message, follow him and follow him long enough. Follow him long enough to find some things about him. Follow him long enough that you'll learn some things about him because I promise if you do, you will learn some things. Can I share with you three things from the text that I believe you'll find if you follow the Lord long enough? If you'll press on and be faithful, if you'll keep walking with him long enough, if you'll keep trusting in him long enough, I believe there's some things you find. Number one, the first thing I believe you'll find, if you follow him long enough, you'll find problems. Now I realize that is not how you expected to start. I mean, we built that up real good, didn't we? Then problems. Come on. Problems. But if you follow him long enough, you're going to find problems. You're going to find trouble. If you follow the Lord long enough, you'll find hardships and, and difficulties because, listen, a life of following the Lord is not an easy life. It's not always sunshine and bluebirds. It's not always unicorns and rainbows. You got people today that think the first sign of trouble means God has forgotten all about them and that God has forsaken them and that God don't want anything to do with them and that he's mad at them. Listen, that's simply not true. Whoever told you that the Christian life was all songbirds and rainbows and waterfalls, they lied to you. They sold you a bad bill of goods because that is not the Christian life. The fact of the matter is this, there will be difficulties when it comes to following the Lord. There will be problems in life. There will be hard times. There will be hardships that you'll encounter along the way. And the hardships prepare you for what's to come. The difficulties prepare you for what's to come. But you need to realize there will be difficult times. Our text tells us about a difficult time that this multitude of people faced. Look back in, number, in verse 32. The Bible says, Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days. And notice what he said, and have nothing to eat. Jesus said of this multitude that they've been following me for three days and they don't have anything to eat. Now, you might not be of this accord, but that's a problem. Three days with nothing to eat? I know it'd do some of us good, but it'd still be a problem. Three days and no food. Look, I don't know how they stood it. I don't know how they tolerate it, but they've been walking and waiting on the Lord. They've been following the Lord. Can you imagine the energy they've expanded? Can you imagine how tired they are? And they're hungry. And they left hungry a long time ago. They're hangry now. And you know what that is. And especially if you have teenage boys. Well, I have a teenage girl that fits too. I'm not a teenage girl, but a little girl. She thinks she's a teenager. That's when you're so hungry, you get plum angry about it. They were, I mean, I guarantee they had to be hangry, but they're walking with the Lord. They got nothing to eat. They've got no food. They've got nowhere to go for food. Because you got to realize that whenever they found out Jesus was passing by and whenever they found out that they were going to follow the Lord, I mean, it wasn't like they planned it real good. It wasn't like they took all this time to say, now Jesus is going to be passing by on this route, and if you want to see him, you, you be prepared to just tuck in behind it. No, it was, hey, Jesus is coming. Well, let's go follow him. There was no time to pack a, a basket of food. There was no time to pack a wagon full of groceries. There was no time to plan out anything. It was drop everything and go. It was lay it all down and go. These folks had to go, and they had to go then if they were going to follow Jesus. They had to leave some things behind. 
and they were going to follow the Lord. And if they were going to do that, they had to make some sacrifices. Listen, there will be times of sacrifice in your Christian life. I know the guy on TV said everything was going to be wonderful and it was going to be Cadillacs and, and your bank account's going to be better than ever. Maybe God does that. Maybe he don't. But it's not a guarantee. That's not something that the Bible says is going to be an absolute certainty. You can be in the absolute will of God and still have problems. You can be exactly where God wants you and still have problems. And that don't mean that God loves you any less. Usually it just means he's preparing you for something better. But if you follow him long enough, you'll have problems. Now imagine how these people have to feel. Three days. Here they are following the Lord three days. Can you imagine their expectations? They were hoping to see a miracle. They were hoping to see the lame made to walk. They were hoping to see the blind that could now see. They were hoping to see uh, the crippled being able to walk. And here they are following the Lord right where they're supposed to be, right where these things happen. And they're following the Lord. And here they are, day one, no miracle. Day two, no miracle. They start out day three, there's no miracle. There's no healing. As a matter of fact, if you read it, the Bible doesn't even record that Jesus acknowledged the crowd that was walking behind him until day three and so for three days they've walked behind him they're tired they're tired of walking they're tired of following they're hungry they've made sacrifices to follow the lord and it don't even feel like he cares they don't even feel like he knows they're there because he's not even turned around to them and said hey if y'all will keep following me i promise you won't be sorry he just keeps walking and they keep following he keeps going they keep following it really if they would have stopped and thought about it it probably seemed like it was all in vain it probably seemed like it was all a waste of time and can i make an application real quick and i don't try to be gloom and doom and i don't want to come across that way but you need to understand if you're going to follow the lord there's going to be times of sacrifice there's going to be times of questions if you give him your life, there's going to be times of problems and hardships and difficulties. There's going to be times when everything feels like it's upside down and it's all in vain. You're going to wonder, is it even worth it? My buddy that don't care anything about church, he's doing this and he's doing that and there, and here I am. You're going to wonder, is it even worth it? Let me encourage you to keep following. Keep following You've got to make sacrifices. And, and sometimes you have to give up things to follow him. Sometimes there's times of confusion when you wonder, what is the Lord doing or why is he doing it that way? Sometimes there's seasons of discouragement and delay when he doesn't even act the way you think he ought to. No doubt this crowd faced all of those things. They followed him long enough to find problems. Number two, I'm glad it doesn't end there because if you follow him long enough, you'll not only find problems, you'll find his person you'll find his person you'll find the lord and you'll begin to learn some things about him you'll find the lord and you'll begin to understand some things about who he is and you'll begin to learn about him in a much more personal way because there's a difference in knowing jesus and knowing jesus 
There's a difference in knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus. They learned about his person. Oh, yes, they faced problems. Yes, they followed the Lord for three days with no food and no shelter and no word from the Lord to encourage or instruct them. And surely there were times of discouragement as they wondered if the Lord even cared about who they were or where they were. They wondered if the Lord even knew they were behind him, following him. Yes, there were moments in time when they wondered if it was worth it to continue on. But can I tell you, there came a point in time. Now remember, they didn't think he was there. Probably by day three, some of them said, forget this. I'm going back home. Because the further I keep walking, the further I got to walk back home. And the longer I keep walking, the longer it's going to take me to get back home. Y'all have at it. Let me know how everything goes. Puts it on Facebook or Instagram. I'll see it when I get back to the house. And so there were some that probably said, I'm tired of following. I'm not doing this no more. But there were some that said, we're going to keep following. We're going to keep walking. We're just going to see what happens. And there came a point in time where their problems became his priority. Their problem became his priority. There came a point in time where he showed them just how much he really did care. You see, if you'll follow him long enough, there's some things you'll learn about his person. There's some things you'll learn about the Lord. And let me assure you, there's some lessons in our Christian life that can only be learned in the hard times. There's some lessons in our Christian life that can only be learned in the valleys of this life. Because not all lessons can be learned on the mountaintop. If you'll follow him long enough, you'll learn some things about him. You'll learn, number one, he's aware. He knows. Listen, for three days, this crowd hadn't eaten. For three days, these people were hungry and tired, and they probably wondered if Jesus knew or cared. And Scripture doesn't record that he acknowledged their need during the three-day journey. Day one, there's nothing from the Lord. Day two, there's nothing from the Lord. Day three, they're wondering, does he even know? But look at what he says in verse 32. Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. Jesus knew all along that the people had no food. Jesus knew all along that for three days they were hungry. He was fully aware of their need. He knew exactly, just because he hasn't solved it don't mean he don't know about it. Just because he hasn't answered the prayer the way you want it doesn't mean he's not listening. Just because he hasn't taken care of it doesn't mean he's not aware of it. He's fully aware of the needs in your life, and he knows where you are. He knows the valley you're walking through. He knows the hard times you're facing. And if you'll follow him long enough, after you get through the problems, you'll realize that he knows something about where you are. He's aware. But not only he's aware, he's compassionate. Because he doesn't just be aware of the need, but he's concerned about the need. He's compassionate for the need because he said in verse 32 that he had compassion on the multitude. The people were hungry. And there came a point in time when he was ready to work on their behalf. His compassion for the people, his love for the people, his desire to help the people led him to now work on behalf of the people. He stopped what he was doing. He stopped his progress. He stopped his walk. So that he could tend to their needs. And can I assure you, there is a difference in being aware of a need and being compassionate to a need. Several weeks ago, 
And in preacher talk, that means last week or 15 years ago. Who knows? You just remember the story. You don't really care about the time. It had to be probably a couple years ago because I was buying kids' meals. We only buy one now. That hurts. But I remember I was at an Arby's, and I was buying something for the family to eat, and I'd bought some kids' meals and bought this and that. And I get up to the window, and the woman says, would you like to donate a dollar to help feed hungry children? And I said, ma'am, that's what I'm already doing, thank you. <laughs> feeding hungry, I mean, do you see the kids' meals I've ordered? I'm obviously feeding hungry children. And I don't know what it is now. I don't know if it's this way out here, but at home in Georgia, everywhere you go, would you like to round it up to feed homeless pets? Would you like to round it up to feed, would you like to round it up? I'm aware of the need. You know what I normally say? No, not today. Oh, how uncompassionate. I know. I'm aware of the need, but I don't always do anything about it. Sometimes I might. I did the other day. I don't even remember what it was now. But I'm proud of myself. I did that. But sometimes I will. But you can be aware without being concerned. How many of you see them commercials that come on? And they play this sappy music that's so sad and the little malnourished dog out in the middle of the field. And she comes on and says, for just $50 a month, you can feed this dog. And what do you do? See, this will tell who you are. Do you turn the channel or pick up the phone? Most of the times we turn the channel. You know why? We're aware, but we're not really all that concerned. We're not really all that compassionate. Can I tell you, Jesus wasn't just aware of their problems. He was compassionate to the problems. He wasn't just aware they had a problem. He wasn't just aware they were. He didn't hand them a stick and say, sharpen a bow and go get you an animal. But he said, it's time to work. He wanted to help them with their problems. He wanted to solve their problems. Look, he knows. Can I remind you? He knows exactly where you're at. He's just waiting on the right time to start working. And in our minds, we say this, the right time was yesterday. Well, not necessarily. It might not be. He might have something greater in store, but I want you to understand this morning, he is concerned about you and he is concerned about your need. Verse 32 tells us he was concerned about the multitude fainting and falling out. He had compassion on them. And he has the same compassion for you because he longs to help you. He longs to see you make it through. He loves you and he cares for you. And he only wants what's best for you. You'll find his person that he's aware. You'll find he's compassionate. You'll find he's faithful. He's faithful. He's always able to meet whatever need you might be facing. Well, you don't know how big it is. It doesn't matter. He's always able. These people may have thought he was too late. They might have thought he should have provided food on day one. But I promise you, he's never late. Never early, but he's never late. He's always right on time. If you'll follow him long enough, you'll learn some things about his person, that he cares about your problems, that he knows where your problem is, and that he's able to help you. But then let me share one more thing with you this morning. If you follow him long enough, you'll find his power. You'll find problems. You'll find his person. But you'll find his power. You'll see he's able to take that surrendered life that you offer him and use it for his honor and his glory. 
Notice how exactly it was that Jesus provides the needs for the multitude that's starving here after walking three days. Skip down to verse 34. The Bible says, And Jesus saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? And they said, Seven, and a few little fishes. Now this story is similar to the feeding of the 5,000 where Jesus fed the multitude with five fish and two loaves, but here they have seven loaves and a few fishes. But that's enough. What makes all the difference? The master's hands. In the hands of the master, they're sufficient. By themselves, there's no way. By themselves, there's nothing they can do. But in the master's hand, devoted to him and supplied for him, they're able to feed over 4,000 people that are gathered here. By themselves, they're not considered good for much, but surrendered and placed in the hands of the Lord and with his power, they're enough. Look at verse 36. And he took the seven loaves and the fishes and gave thanks and break them, gave to his disciples, and the disciples to the multitude, and they did all eat and were filled. These folks that were so hungry, these folks that were starving just a few verses ago, these folks that had been three days without eating have gone from hungry to filled. And the Bible says they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets full. Can I assure you this morning that if you'll follow the Lord long enough and you surrender your life to Him to completely follow Him, you'll find that you and yourself are not capable. You're not able in yourself. But if you'll surrender yourself to the Master's hands, that God can take what you have and use it in ways that you never imagined. There's no way they could have thought of that little lunch that was probably brought to feed one or two people. Feeding 4,000. But with the master's touch and his power, it went exceeding above and beyond. What a great miracle. What great power. I mean, how awesome is that? And you know who saw it? The people that followed him long enough. The people that went home on day two, they didn't get to eat. The people that went home at the beginning of day three, they didn't eat. They went home hungry, but the people that stuck with him and the people that followed him in spite of the problems and the people that stayed faithful in spite of the hard times and the people that stayed faithful in spite of the difficulties, don't you know they enjoyed it? Don't you know it was worth it? Hey, follow him. Follow. You say, you don't know what I'm going through. You're right, I don't. But you don't know what awaits on the other end of it. You don't know what's waiting for you. You don't know what he's got in mind to solve your problem. You don't know how he's waiting to meet your needs. You know why this church is here today? And I was thinking about it last night and this morning, but I have 10 years. Man, that's awesome that it's been 10 years with no problems. Yeah, right. I'm not that naive. You know why you've got a place to come worship the Lord this morning? Because somebody determined to follow Him. Because somebody determined when it's going good and when it's going bad, we're going to follow Him. Somebody determined He put us here, we're going to stay here. Somebody determined that they're not going to quit at the first sign of difficulty or trouble. And you see what God has done in 10 years. Can you imagine what He's going to do in the next 10? But only you'll only get to see it if you follow him. 
You'll only see it if you hang around long enough to follow him. Isn't it worth it? Isn't it worth it to see God move and to see God work and to see God's power at hand and to watch God do things that you could have never imagined? So let me encourage you this morning, don't quit. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you came in carrying this morning, don't quit. You say, it's hard. I know, but follow. I know, but follow, because if you do, there will come a day when it'll break through and God will move on your behalf in ways that you could have never imagined. If you follow him long enough, you'll find some things. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for the day that you've blessed us with and thank you for the reminder from Scripture, Lord. Lord, we just want to be obedient to follow you. And Lord, trust you. Lord, we know that you'll lead us. Lord, bless this church, bless this pastor and all the good folks here. Lord, we pray you'd bless them in greater ways than ever imagined in the days ahead. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.